Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today for a first-ever mailbag episode is Steve Peters, Tristan Sussell, and Shane Diefenbach. What's up, everybody? How's your day going? Why did I get a monotone? Why don't I get into Sad Bill <laughs> and Shane Diefenbach? Um, I'm the least excited. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm super excited. That Truth hurts, Steve. Here. <laughs> um, we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be answering all of your Arizona sports questions. And um, we got a ton of them. Thank you to everybody who's sending questions on Twitter and in our members only Discord. But before we get to that, we are going to quickly get into our Arizona sports temperature check. And um, not a lot to talk about in terms of baseball and I guess the Cardinals, but I guess we'll start with the Cardinals. Uh, Cheerson Vance Joseph, he is rumored to be the top candidate for the Dolphins head coach job. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's what uh, the experts are saying. He's also the um, the top pick on the drafting sportsbook app, or the favorite, uh, I should say, at plus two fifty. Next behind him would be Brian Dable, who's rumored to get uh, to be the next head coach for the for the Giants. So, uh, if that happens, uh, it seems like there's probably a good chance uh, that Vance Joseph is uh, is is going to get his second opportunity as a head coach in the National Football League. And to be honest with you, I think it's best case scenario for everybody involved. I think, I, I think Vance has probably done all that he's can with his defense. Uh, and, and when it comes to developing players and draft picks and things like that, um, he's done a, a solid job, but it probably would, wouldn't be a bad thing for the Cardinals to get a little bit of a revamp in the form of a new defensive coordinator. And then, Hey, we all wish him the best. If he was able to get a head coaching job again and, and get another crack at it, um, you know, we would, you know, certainly be rooting for him. And just with the way that the league has its rules set up, it awards draft picks to teams who have minorities who get hired as either a GM or a head coach. Therefore, just kind of an added bonus that would be thrown in there for the Cardinals is they're going to get some draft picks sent their way as well if he does get this promotion. So all things considered, it's a win-win for everybody involved if he gets this job. Now, I know that you and Johnny talked about this a little bit on the PHNX Cardinals podcast, but there were some rumors going around that team owner Michael Bidwell was not necessarily happy with how things went in the playoffs some paychecks maybe being delayed in terms of playoff bonuses. Um, what is going on with that? Is there any truth behind any of those rumors? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, you know, they're called rumors for a reason. And, you know, unless 
uh, you know, one of them comes out and, and, you know, completely denies all of it, we'll never know. I would say when, when, when rumors begin to pile up, there's usually some truth somewhere. Jenny and I talked about it yesterday. Sometimes it's like a game of telephone by the time it gets out to, you know, the public, maybe some things have changed or gotten twisted or have been left out, et cetera. But the bulk of it is probably true. So uh, the, the part where Michael Bidwell is very frustrated, that's 1000% true. The part with the, with the bonuses being delayed, the postseason bonuses, uh, I don't know what was in their contracts, but it really hasn't been that long. So when I first saw that come out, I was like, what do you mean delay? Like, are they supposed to like get, get their check when they, you know, get on the airplane back home? Like it hasn't even been that long. So, uh, you know, he's definitely frustrated. I don't think there's a, a ton to read into about the whole bonus thing though. Gotcha. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, Josh Hunt in our comments saying no one was happy with the ending, to be honest, but what is it with AZ teams not paying their people? Glendale is cursed. Uh, hmm. Petey. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, let's go talk that. about Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a great point, Josh. I don't know what it, what it is with Arizona sports teams and not paying their people. Um, it's, I'm just going to say one thing. I'm just going to say one thing. By no means should the Cardinals ever be grouped into a conversation when it comes to paying people with the Arizona Coyotes. Like, that is not fair to the Cardinals whatsoever because Michael Bidwell does not have a history of not paying people. Uh, this is like one little rumor, and I wouldn't even read into it. So wildly different teams, they just happen to both play in Glendale, and that's about the only thing that you can loop together. <laughs> that is the only similarity. That is fair. fair. And that does remind me, just be like Josh – over to our youtube channel if you're watching on twitter right now come on over to youtube join us in the comments if you're on youtube and you're in the comments say what's up say hi we love to include you in the show when we get into our question portion later in the show you guys can ask questions in the comments and we'll answer them there in case you didn't get a chance to get them in on our members only discord or on twitter last night um speaking of the coyotes Petey, what the heck was that game last night what happened <laughs> You know, this team reached the midway point of their season last night. They've played 41 games. They're almost exactly where they wanted to be. They're one point out of last. You know what? They held leads in, in their last two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. And let's face it, those teams are better than the Coyotes. Mm. And they just hung on long enough. And they said, hey, you know what? Third period's coming. We better play. Coyotes couldn't sustain it for 60 minutes. They're not good enough. Um, those teams were better. And that's what happened. They've lost five out of seven. They come home and they face a Boston Bruin team that won seven out of nine with two 20-goal scores. This Boston Bruins team is a really, really good hockey team. So I don't think the fortunes fare any better for the Coyotes on Friday night in Glendale. I was going to ask uh, what your thoughts are with their matchup against the Bruins. Yeah, you know what? It's a team that's deep. They've got high, high-end skill. And we always say this about the Coyotes. They'll work hard, and they've got some good players. What they don't have is they don't have those elite players. The Boston Bruins do. They've got Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron, Hall. Like they, they have a team that can they throw guys over the boards, and they can score and make an impact every time on the ice. That's what separates a team from the Boston, like the Boston Bruins from the Arizona Coyotes. 
the good news for Coyote fans is they wake up Saturday morning and they face the Buffalo Sabres. And everything we said about Boston is not true uh, of the Buffalo Sabres. I'm sorry, Sean, producing the show from <laughs> Buffalo, um, who's actually attending that game. That should be a much more even contest. They're two teams that are matched fairly well. Uh, their talent levels are about the same. They're both towards the bottom end of the standings. So maybe, maybe there's a win in the future in Glendale on Saturday. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that Saturday matchup. But, hey, you do have to give it to the Coyotes. They were hanging in there for a little bit with the Penguins last night. Uh, the game was tied at one point uh, at two goals apiece. So, you know, that's kind of unexpected. Yeah, you just want to make it exciting for Coyotes fans. And we said this during the rebuild. It's hard to root for a team during a rebuild that they're publicly saying we're trying to recreate our whole team. You want the team to get last. You want them to pick mm -hmm. first. So all you ask for is a fan. Keep the games close. Keep us in the edge of our seat till the end of the game and let's have a little bit of fun and ultimately lose. And you know what? they're doing a heck of a job of it because that's what they're doing. They sure are losing. Uh, Monsieur, Monsieur Stalin in the comments saying Coyotes aren't losing. They are winning in reverse. That is a great point. I'm sorry I don't speak French. Um, I can't pronounce that correctly. James is absolutely dying right now. Flip the standings upside down. That's what you had to do as a Coyote yeah. fan all um, season long. And you know what? The yes. Diamondbacks the same thing. I mean, it's, it's the, the Suns have been there. The Coyotes are there. And let's hope three or four years from now, we are where the Suns and Cardinals are now. Let's hope. That's a big Long ass. way from a guarantee. I know. You've seen it here, Cheerston, with, with this Coyotes team. They've been through two or three rebuilds. They never get higher than eighth or ninth. They just can't break that ceiling. And unless the ping pong ball luck falls in their favor this year, this could be another year of mm -hmm. shit. They just missed it. And here we go again. Like it's hard to rebuild a team. You can get the draft picks, but you got to pick right. You got to develop them. You got to spend some money and surround them with a, a cast of characters to help get a team to win. There's a lot of pieces. This is by no means a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And Charles Pike in the comments saying, prepare for an epic tank battle on Saturday. That definitely is going to be an interesting game. Um, really quickly before we move on, Petey, um, I know that you mentioned the Rangers before, and there have some been some trade rumors swirling with this team. Jacob Chikrin has been linked to a possible trade to the Rangers. Is there any legs for that rumor to stand on? I know Craig probably is already all on top of this, but uh, what have you heard about Jacob Chikrin in a trade? You know what? Anything with Jacob Chikrin, you're going on last year's performance. So the ask has been set by GM Bill Armstrong. It's at least a couple of first, a prospect and a player. That's a huge ask for a player that has two goals on the season. So you're looking for what Jacob Chikrin has been or what Jacob Chikrin can be. I don't think Bill Armstrong's going to move from his asking price. So as a scout or an opposing general manager, you got to look and go, he's minus 39. He, he's, he's last in the national hockey league in, in plus minus. Ooh. He hasn't shown that he can defend or read the rush are we really going to give up all of these assets for a player that has two goals right now? I'm just not sure it's going to happen. I, I think, you know, there are, if you surround him with different players on a better team and he plays in a different role with different minutes, he's a three, four instead of a one, two. I still think there's an offensive upside to Jacob Chikrin. I really do. But is it worth two, three, and four assets to get that guy? Man, you're asking a lot right now. I don't know if they get the asking price they're looking for for Jacob Chicken. And if someone does, it's going to be, it's a big gamble and a big risk. I think he can yeah. score. I'm just not sure about the defending side of the puck for Jacob Chicken right now. All right. Well, there you have it. Fresh from Peeney. Um, Austin Bunny in the comments asking, what's worse, the Coyotes at 5v5 or the Capitals on the P power play? <laughs> 
<laughs> I tell you what, that's one thing. We don't have to watch Alex Ovechkin against this team for a while, so that's a good hmm. news. Thank you God. Know, they can't defend on, on the penalty kill any better than they can five on five. So. <laughs> Um, all right, moving quickly on to the Suns. The Suns, they just gave their general manager, James Jones, a contract extension yesterday. Shane, what do you like about this move and having James Jones stick around a little bit longer? There's nothing to dislike. James Jones is the reason why this team has turned around. I mean, he was the one that got Monty Williams here, Chris Paul here. He, 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 he helped build this culture. Um, he deserved the bag and... Now you just got to pay your other guys. You got to get money extended. You obviously got to get DA extended. Um, there's nothing to dislike. But before we move on completely to the Suns, PD, I just wanted to congratulate you on the halfway point in the season and getting through that punch card. I know. We're all, it, <laughs> it does feel, there. honestly, it, it feels like game 60. We're at the end of January. But hurry up, for God's sakes. I feel like a Diamondback fan right now. <laughs> Uh, um, Tristan, I know that you also follow the Suns. What do you like about James Jones sticking around longer with this team? Well, for one thing, with all the issues that the Suns have had with owner Robert Sarver, to be able to have a guy like James Jones who could come in and kind of be a buffer between the owner and the actual team mm -hmm. itself is priceless. And he's the guy to do it. And he's not only just a great human being that everybody seems to love, he is a an incredibly intelligent high basketball IQ guy uh he's he's good at um um evaluating talent uh you know he's good with relationships he's good for the the community aspect and just keeping I, I feel like there's the James Jones, Monty Williams, Suns team itself and then the Robert mm. Sarver ownership aspect of it and he helps by having him in place. He helps keep the image of the Suns uh, positive overall, um, despite everything with its owner. So, I mean, I he is one of the best hires I think Sarver's made, if not the best, in terms of his tenure. And so, uh, it was should have been a no brainer to keep him around. I, I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah, I agree on all fronts. Um, tonight, the Suns, they are taking on the Jazz for a second time in a very short period of time. Uh, Shane, I know that you guys just did your PHNX Bets show. What does DraftKings have on this Suns versus Jazz matchup? I'm not touching this game. Um, I think it moved <laughs> to two now. So they okay. played on Monday, but this is by no means going to be the same game as it was on Monday. Uh, obviously, still no DA. Um, no Jay Crowder, no campaign who both didn't play or Hall didn't play on Monday, but no JaVale now for tonight. And the Jazz are getting back everybody except for their two stars. And the, the two stars, it's a big thing, but you're getting back Bojan Bogdanovic, who's a great scorer. Mike Conley, who's the head of the snake there at times. And Joe Ingles, who's one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Um, they're all not on the injury report tonight. And it's in Utah. This game's going to be completely different. The Suns eked away a win um, against a hobbled team. I expect this one to be a lot closer. And at no point on Monday, even when it was close, that I feel like the Suns might lose. This game's going to be a challenge. I still have faith in them. I still think they continue their winning streak, but it's going to be a much different game. All right. Well, there you got it from Shane. Uh, speaking of DraftKings, 
There are four teams who remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means there are only four teams left for you to bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're counting down to Super Bowl 56, and new customers, you guys can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Are you not a new customer? You can still experience the conference championships with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Invest of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want, which is one of my favorite things about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PHNX for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and up only, Arizona only, gambling problems, see 1-800, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Really quickly before we move on to our questions, uh, checking in on the baseball world, baseball, it still sucks pretty much, um, there's not much happening there, the league and the Players Association did have a second economic meeting yesterday, there was some progress made, but it's really obvious to me that the league and the players association are just on two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. The differences in what they're asking for is just like astronomical amounts of money, et cetera. So um, they are supposed to meet again today, which is honestly, I think, good news. It's a good sign that they are continuing to meet and they're not shutting each other out. Hopefully some progress, more progress can be made today. I still think the beginning of the season is a little bit delayed. I don't see how they can meet in the middle when they are already this far apart. And they also haven't even started bargaining um, with other things outside of the economic stuff of baseball. So uh, <laughs> it's not looking too good in my opinion. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I do think baseball is going to have a little bit of a delay this year, which is unfortunate. Um, all right. How about we get into... Max Mailbag on the Phoenix Sports Podcast. I'm so excited for this, you guys. Look at my little cartoon. Are you head. winking? Are you winking <laughs> yes. with sparkles? I'm winking with sparkles. How cute is that? I'm obsessed. <laughs> Our um, art director, Arnold, did a fantastic job making this graphic. Shout out to you, Arnold. I love it. My little emoji, is that what we call it? It's so cute. Um, thank you to everybody who sent in questions. I asked for questions on Twitter. And then we also have a members only discord that you can only be a part of if you're a member of PHNX. So don't forget to go over to gophnx.com and subscribe to be a member. You can get your first month for only 50 cents. Or if you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free t-shirt. I am wearing our pocket logo stack. PD has on the best shirt that we make, which is uh, the PHMX logo shirt. Shout out to PD for the shirt choice today. But we have a ton of other great ones. And um, make sure you go check it out. How about we get into if it? If I like, if I move over, it looks like I'm wearing yeah, it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like on Just sell on the brand, Kirsten. That's what you do. <laughs> Great job, Kirsten. Uh, Josh Hunt in the comments saying incredible graphic. I agree. Shout out to Arnold. Um, love that. Okay. How about we get into it? Our first question, um, our producer Sean is behind the screen, is from Chris in our members only Discord. The Chris, the GOAT, she is the best. She asked, what was your first professional sports event attended as a fan and what was your first as work? I don't know if you guys need some time to think about this. Um, I know my answer. I attended the Denver Broncos game 
for my first ever sporting event when I was, I think, 12. I went with my mom. Um, they were playing the Patriots, which was great because I got to boo the Patriots, who I absolutely hate. Um, and it was really cool to see. I can't remember who was quarterback at the time. It was during the quarterback carousel uh, before Peyton Manning got there. But that was my first game as a fan. And then my first game working in the media, I actually went to a Diamondbacks game. Uh, it was the first time I got credentialed. I went with uh, John Gambadoro at 98.7. I was an intern there a couple years ago, and he threw me a little bone and took me to a Diamondbacks game as a part of the media because he knew how much I love baseball. So uh, shout out to Gambo. And that was my first event as a media member. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll go next. My first, mine, my first like, I've, I went to a lot as like a kid, like a child that I don't remember. My first really memorable one was the Western Conference Finals, I believe, Game 5 or game six against the Lakers. And I don't remember what year it was, but it was the game after Ron Artest then, now I'm at a world piece, hit a game-winning <laughs> shot after a Kobe air ball. And then the Suns got eliminated. I thought he was back to Ron Artest. Oh, man. Um, and then he got eliminated. <laughs> or, and then the Suns got eliminated that game. And I remember going back to the Arizona Republic where my dad worked and sitting in the copy room being so damn sad, realizing that they weren't going to play for basically another year. Um, so that was my first memory. I think my first game I covered was either a ASU softball game or an ASU women's soccer game. And both were very fun. I was working camera. There you go. All right. Kirsten, what's yours? Well, now I'm all consumed into figuring out if Ron Artest <laughs> actually changed his name back. I swear he doesn't go by Meta anymore. But anyway, that's a different uh, – I totally derailed the point of your entire story. That's a great event to be at. Uh, <laughs> um, so the first professional sporting event that I can really remember is interesting because back in the day when LeBron was new to the Cavs, we had, when I was in middle school, we would have stacks of tickets at the office that anyone could go in and just grab their own free tickets to Cavs games. So I remember me and like a bunch of my girlfriends when I was like 12, 13 years old, grabbed these free tickets out of the office and went to go see LeBron James and the abysmal Cavs at the time play. So <laughs> Obviously, a lot changed for LeBron. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first sporting event that I really remember going. I, I went to Indians games when I was younger, but I, I don't have much of a memory of them. So yeah, middle school, going to see LeBron for free. And there was like, we were like one of what seemed like 50 people in the entire arena. But Sandiford, our test. Interesting. That's his name now? Meta Santa Ford Artest. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> do, uh, we, do we want my professional one or are we moving on? Yeah. No, let, where did you work, Kirsten? Let's go. Where did you, where did you work? Of course Your we want to know. Game. My, my first professional game I ever worked because I was in, I, I covered collegiate sports first. My first professional one was a Broncos game. And I remember getting like a little teary eye walking in. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, I'm covering the NFL. And I think it was like for a Sunday night, uh, I was going live after the game because it was a Sunday night game and I worked for an NBC station. And so like, that was like, I probably the first moment of my career where I felt like I was actually like doing the dang thing. So it was a Broncos game. 
And the Mile High magic is just undeniable. There's something <laughs> special about uh, Mile High Stadium. <laughs> Josh Hunt with a goat comment. If he was an AZ, he would have been met a, met a Sanderson Ford or test. Nice. Oh my Very God, that's good. incredible. <laughs> that was a great Very comment. Uh, <laughs> all right, Petey, round us well, out. For me, and, and this may disappoint a lot of hockey fans, if I have a choice to go to a sporting event, I'm going to a baseball game outside. So my first sporting event that I attended that I remember that is meaningful to me. I went to a doubleheader back when they had real doubleheaders where you didn't have to get two tickets and leave and come back. I watched the Minnesota twins and the Milwaukee brewers play. I saw Rod Carew play way, way back in, in a, in a stadium that is now an Ikea right next to the mall of America. And just a tip for, for baseball dads out there. Don't take eight year olds to a doubleheader. No. Not a brilliant idea. No. That's a long ass day. <laughs> And all we did is we stood and yelled at guys to throw us baseballs for five hours. Hey, throw us a ball, throw us. And no one ever threw us a ball. But anyway, so that's my first live sporting event. And I, again, I would choose baseball over hockey all day. And that's why I'm so sad there is no spring training right now. My first working one, I actually had to go back because I'm really old. And it was in in 97. It was a, it was a Chicago Blackhawks played here in Arizona. And I remember so little other than I was terrified. And back then, Video guys had no, there was no job. There's no challenges or there's nothing to do. You literally recorded the game on VHS tape. You didn't have a computer to break it down or watch video. Oh my gosh. I had, I had, I had a bank of 10 VCR machines and I had to slide tapes in for a power player for penalty kill and literally had a clipboard and I'm marking stuff. So there's no pressure. You can't review shit. So that was my first game. I'm underneath the bleachers, America West beer running down into my office. True story. It was just, it was just miserable but it was absolutely the best moment where you go oh my god i'm getting paid to do this Mm -hmm. and it was fantastic ride that i that i got to enjoy for a very long time wow that's an incredible story um you kind of exposed yourself there with your age and also i'm old he was i know cheerston's in middle school watching lebron and i'm like really (laughs) (laughs) pd thoughts on hockey played at a baseball stadium what about those outdoor games you know great i i don't think it's did you see the temperature in Minnesota this year? Oh no. And that's part of the reason I, don't know I like how baseball. They, did it. they actually so had to cold. warm up the ice because the ice was too cold. Yeah. In what world does ice get too cold? It's ice. <laughs> it's, I, I will it's say it's better this. than it melting in uh what was that? Um Lake Tahoe. It, it was in the, like, Lake, Lake Tahoe. Tahoe. Too much yes. sun on the ice. So they put this one at night in Minnesota in January. Brilliant. Yeah, they didn't have a problem with the sunshine there, zero degrees. I, I, and that goes back to my problem with being a hockey player, fan, coach, whatever. It's damn cold. Like, if you're going to do it, do it here in Arizona. Go to work in a golf shirt. Go inside. You get cold for a few hours. Then you go back into the sun. But, my God, that's why you want to have baseball. You want to sit in the sun. You want to put your feet up on the chair in front of you. You want a cold beer and a hot dog. And let's watch sports. Or, you know what? Don't watch. Just take in the environment. That's what you don't get in hockey. It's just too darn PD. cold. Did that first game experience kind of change who you were? Do you think if you get a baseball at that doubleheader, you're a little less pessimistic? Yeah, yeah maybe, <laughs> maybe that's where it all started for me, Shane. This optimistic um, life view that I have. That's why you're my best friend because um, I'm a baseball first girl too. So shout out to all of our baseball first people. We are the few and far between, but we are the best. In my humble opinion. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Sean, what is our next question? Those are great stories, by the way. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, here's one from Marcos Chavez on Twitter. If Mahomes can play like he has without Cliff, is Cliff holding back Kyler? Oh, I'm so sick Ooh. of this take. 
Cheerson, you go ahead and get started. Yeah, so I think that question's incredibly insulting to Patrick Mahomes. Like, as if Cliff Kingsbury was the only reason he ever had success. Those two have nothing to do with each other. We've heard the opposite end of, of the spectrum said, too. Like, the only way to stop Patrick Mahomes is to put Cliff Kingsbury as his head coach, and that'll do it. Like, people, people want to, you know, like, somehow compare the two just because – you know, they were together in, in college for a, a certain amount of time, but I mean, they, they did well together, but Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback and certainly didn't need cliff to have success. So I don't, um, I don't even remember what that, what, what that question was, but I wouldn't put really any, any stock back, in it. Tyler. Uh, oh, and then, okay. So comparing those two, I would say there's not like a ton to really compare those two, but you could definitely argue that maybe cliff is not the guy to continue to develop kyler kyler has a special personality he he really is unique i can't compare him to another guy that's currently in the league in terms of his uh his personality his maturity um the way that he communicates and you know i I, he might need somebody that's going to be a little tougher on him that's going to pull a little more of those like leadership uh, you know, qualities out of Kyler uh, from that standpoint. So you could definitely argue that maybe Cliff isn't the one to, to get the most out of Kyler and to develop him as an NFL quarterback. But I would say it's more, more so like from a leadership standpoint than anything mm-hmm. else, just because he's a tough cookie and he's unique. Yeah. Shane, did you have some thoughts on that? This is like my this Espo has the Phoenix Suns and the best are the best team in the NBA. Mine is wins are not a quarterback stat. It doesn't matter. This dude was drafted 10th overall. Like, like Cliff wasn't holding him back. The Texas Tech wasn't a good team. Like it, it's so stupid. And and going to Cliff and Kyler, like the, the, it's just you need to you need time to figure these things out. Like you can't expect to have success immediately immediately. And I just think it's such a sorry thing to bring up when you're comparing these two. Like like Cliff wasn't telling telling Mahomes that he can't throw sidearm and he can't make these crazy like it, he just blossomed into a great quarterback and that happened. Right. Like nobody was holding him back. It's just stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Josh Hunt saying, I'll never forget that question that one of you asked Kyler about leadership. I think that the issue is figuring out his mentality. Is that a cheerful question? <laughs> good job automatically knowing because i would have gone this first automatically knowing shane had a point to make so good job oh oh yeah hey every day monday through friday at noon ph next daily bet show i do this all the time Uh, okay (laughs) um nfl az cardinal saying if larry fitzgerald couldn't be enough for kyler in that locker room for him to grow then i don't think there is anyone that could help block on kyler and his leadership Ooh, that's kind of a hot take thoughts there i mean pd as someone who's been a coach and has worked in locker rooms how like how does leadership develop for young athletes like this you know it's interesting kyler's put in a lot of tough spot and i think football is much different than any other sport because one the game plan is driven by the head coach or the offense coordinator whatever you want to say but it's more in these other sports basketball hockey they're chaotic like you you drop the puck and everybody just goes everywhere football the game plan is literally everything. You start from a static mm-hmm. spot. So a coach, the coach's influence over a young quarterback is huge in football. It's so much different than in other sports. Now to say what Kyler has for leadership and like, come on, like cool your jets turbo. He, he makes the, gets the team to the playoffs yet. Did he play his best game against in the playoffs this year? No, no. And, and I think 
from a fan, I looked at it and I go, hey, this looks like chaos out there. It looks like they don't know what they're doing. Like they didn't look like that during the season. Even when they were losing, they didn't look like this. So do I think that there is more to what Kyler Murray can give this team? Absolutely. Have we seen him? It takes maturity to become a leader. Not everybody yeah. can be a leader at 21, 22, 23. It takes time, experience, and you've got to go through those steps to get that leadership. I don't know Kyler Murray. I've never interviewed him. I've never been around him. So I don't want to speak for what he can or cannot be. But from the outside looking in, give him some time. This team made the playoffs this year. So what's the next step for him and the team? And and, and to Cheerson's point about the head coach, man, it, it means a lot in football, man. It, it really does mean a lot. And, it, and if he's not bringing the right offensive schemes, he's not bringing in the right play calling, that affects a quarterback more than anything on how he's developed his leadership. It's what game plan is he giving him to follow? And that, again... That's so far out of my area. I, I can't speak to, is he the right coach for Kyler Murray? So I think the worst thing that could have happened for Kyler, because you could say, you could be on my side where I lean more towards uh, this kid. kid he's had three years in the league. His development in terms of his leadership skills and the way that people are viewing him as, as a leader, how what other players from other teams in the National Football League are saying about him they would have done this they wouldn't have done that they're saying it on national TV uh, a la Russell Wilson um, so he has a certain reputation like it or not does did Joe Burrow I, so slightly different age brackets here so some of the quarterbacks I'm going to name they're not all you know Kyler Murray's year but still young developing quarterbacks has anybody said that about a guy like Joe Burrow what about a guy like Josh Allen what about a guy like Patrick Mahomes? And you could go down the list of young quarterbacks that are up and coming. Uh, you know, many of them that, you know, we watched over the weekend that we're going to continue to watch this weekend that are making playoff runs and leading their teams to having playoff success. Three years is not an eternity. Kyler Murray is a very young guy, but the worst thing that could have happened for him is have a lot of other young guys leading their teams to success and nobody is questioning their leadership. So whether it's fair or not, those questions are being asked. Great point. Great 100%. point. All right, let's get on to our next question. Thank you, everybody, for that great debate. Um, Night Rider 92, Night Raider 92, sorry, in our members only Discord asking what our favorite stadium food is. Um, this question is super easy for me because it's been the same thing since I was little. For whatever reason, I'm obsessed with salted soft pretzels and cheese or mustard, depending on my mood. I love soft pretzels, especially with butter and salt. Oh my God. It's my go-to every single time. Um, when I used to work for the Diamondbacks, they would bring up snacks in the seventh inning and they would give us free soft pretzels. And I gained probably 10 pounds during that season just from soft pretzels alone. So <laughs> my favorite stadium food for sure, soft pretzels and cheese or mustard, depending. <laughs> What's your guys? So I, I'm a cheap ass. So like, I don't buy stadium food when I go. Uh, so my favorite stadium food would just be probably beer because I can justify buying a couple of beers, but like can't justify <laughs> buying like a $25 freaking pretzel. So yeah. <laughs> Jason, right. I'm with you 100%. You're going to a baseball game before I even get past the gates where they grab my ticket. I want to know where the beer guy is like that. Yes. <laughs> I know it's not beer food, but it better be a beer. And I'll go even farther in spring training. It's got to be the aluminum bottle one because it's got to stay colder in the Arizona heat. And I'll stick with the food and I'm going to stick at baseball. And I, I went to a diamondbacks spring training game. And they have a grilled cheese hot dog. It is ridiculous. They take Ooh. the buns, they open them up. So there's two buns. They cut the dogs in the middle with cheese. So it's like a grilled cheese sandwich with a hot dog in the middle. Absolute money. If they, if they get back going for spring training. 
Wow, that sounds amazing. I've never had a grilled cheese hot dog before. But well, get ready for this. Um, okay. <laughs> on the PHNX Sun Devil show, we oh, tried yes. the Houston Rockets hot dog um, that has bacon bits, macaroni and cheese, and then sprinkled on top was Fruit Loops. And we thought it was preposterous. As Sean would say, that shit smacked. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and that's not something I've had at a stadium. The only thing like that I consistently would have had at a stadium was I was a little fat kid. So I was just like obsessed with the giant cookies that they'd sell. For some reason, those just hit only at the Coyotes Arena because they were a little colder. Oh, they're so good. And dipping dots. <laughs> dipping dots. Um, uh, Lindsay Smith in our comments, 100% pretzels. Shout out to Lindsay. I knew you would understand me. Um, Josh Hunt saying our family tradition is to get an Oreo McFlurry at the Bob in the seventh inning. Okay, there you go. Banquet Ballpark. Love an Oreo McFlurry. That is the best uh, McFlurry option. Ramon Chavez saying Cold Stone hits different when you're at Chase Field. That is also true. Sean, our producer, who's somehow commenting and running the show at the same time, saying mac and cheese, bacon, fruit loop dog. No, goes you have hard. to you have to read it like he would. Mac and cheese, bacon, fruit loop dog goes hard. That's exactly how we say it. So I did see that episode, and I have to admit, a little jelly because you get that sweet, you get that sweet, crunchy, good. savory from the Fruit Loops on top of the macaroni and cheese. It looked money, like it was really good. And I, really, <laughs> I haven't had a Fruit Loop uh, since I was seven, but it looked good. Yeah, it looked disgusting. I would never eat anything like that. Um, Charles saying the best he's ever had is the mini donuts at the Roadrunners Arena. I've never been there, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, Leah agreeing because Leah worked for the Roadrunners. The donuts at TCC are elite. And uh, Stalin saying the last hockey game he was at, he drank three White Claws on a White Claw Wednesday. Ooh, that sounds like something I would really enjoy. Yeah, that might even get me to a game. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, we we might need to uh, drink White Claws when we watch the Coyotes play in order to tolerate that. <laughs> All right. Next question. Keep commenting. Keep commenting in the comments. We love it. You guys are awesome. We love including you in the show. Um Eddie, who is going to be attending Arizona State this uh, coming year and who is a big DNVR and PHNX fan, asked, what are the most important things to know for new Arizona sports fans? Oh, this. Eddie. Oh, Eddie, you sweet, this. sweet, innocent child. Especially um, <laughs> if you're going to Arizona State. Keep, be prepared for sadness. <laughs> keep those hopes low. Um, because then, then you'll be stuck like me as the eternal optimist. Um, yes. And that's not a good place to be. As yeah. Sean said the other day, it doesn't really matter what game you're going to watch at ASU. The pregame might make you forget the actual game. So you should be cleared on all bases there. Uh, Tirsten, any advice for Eddie as a new Arizona sports fan? Anything he should know? Um, buckle up. <laughs> Seatbelt safety first. Um, it's an interesting ride. Um, but... We have sports in the desert. We have an amazing basketball team. We've got a, a an NFL team that is at minimum fun to root for. There's a lot worse NFL markets. Uh, we've got a hockey team that is entertaining, maybe not to watch what they do on the ice, but entertaining to follow the next uh, debacle they get themselves into. Um, and, you know, who knows if we're even going to have baseball. So that is what it is. Being an Arizona sports fan, in my opinion, is pretty fun. And the the weather couldn't be better. So, um, yeah, just buckle up. It's a ride. Yeah. It's an interesting ride. And keep in mind, like this is a community that has unbelievable weather. There's so many different things to do to take away your entertainment dollar and and your whatever you're doing. I don't have to sit inside and watch sports. I can go outside and enjoy the weather. So first, don't worry about winning as much that it is here. 
And second, mm -hmm. if you want to cheer for the team of the town that you came from, join the club because that's what most people here do. And that's okay. We're okay with that. I know at the hockey rink, if you wear a Coyotes jersey on 81 games a year and you wear your Detroit Red Wings game, the one game your team's in town, that's okay. You're not going to be alone in cheering for a team from where you came from. So we're good with that. Setting the bar, you know, I think we're finally seeing that the future – the Suns are getting better. The Cardinals are on the verge and the precipice of being in the playoffs. The Coyotes, gosh, the dream is still alive there. But even if they don't win, to Cheerston's point, they're here. And if you go across this great nation of ours and look at how many cities have all four major sports and major college sports, it's very, 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 very few. So we're just lucky we all have them. Go out and root. Have fun. Win or lose, at least they're here and we have something to talk about. Hey, you should be a motivational speaker. That was yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I get a lot of that. Let's get, let's get motivated. You just saw me all in my fields. Uh, Matt Huff in the comments saying, keep your hands and feet inside the fan base at all times, Eddie. Uh, that is a great, a great way to wrap up that question. I love it. Thank you, Mac, for that little nugget of knowledge. Um, Sean, what is our next question? Oh, from Mike Lang, 4D, and the members-only Discord. Which team will make the playoff first, oh, Coyotes or D-backs? Eek. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Coyotes, just because baseball is the hardest sport in the world to win at. Uh, their season is the longest. There are so many – there's so much time for everything to go wrong. Um, if you start really strong, you can end really bad. If you start really bad, you can – and really good. There's a lot of factors that go into baseball that it's just really hard to win in baseball. It's really, really hard to make it to the championship at the end of the season after 182 games. It's just 162 games. It's impossible. Feels like so 182. Yeah. I definitely think um, in terms of the potential to win fastest, I would definitely say the Coyotes. I think it's, uh, I could be wrong, Petey, and you can definitely correct me, but I think it's uh, faster to win in hockey than it is. To, I think you nailed uh, it, Michaela. For a couple other reasons, hockey, there's more parity. Baseball, it's the haves and the haves not. It's a huge separations in the top teams from the bottom teams. Most teams are out of it early by April on when you're on the bottom and selling. Two, there's only 10 teams that make the playoffs in baseball. Yeah. Hockey, you got 16, so let's put it in the numbers. Yeah. And Right now, baseball is not playing, so gives the Coyotes another leg up. So I'll I'll take the Coyotes, but, but, but pull out the calendar because this is going to be a while. It, it ain't this are, year. Yeah. It ain't next year. You guys are forgetting the most important point. The puck isn't a circle, or it's not round. It's that's why the the sport is so random. It bounces in different directions. Anything can happen. The Coyotes are going to win the Stanley Cup in twenty twenty three. Oh, where's the DraftKings one on that one? <laughs> I don't think anyone Probably forgot to like... say that, Shane. I think there, we intentionally avoided saying anything yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I had to put DraftKings odds on that as a plus Parade running down Van Buren. <laughs> don't buy your tickets quite yet. Um, all right, Sean, what is our next question? Do you think the Suns are going to win it all this year from Clara Sheen on Twitter? Um I think they have to. I think this is their year to do it. Their championship window is now. If they don't take advantage of the fact that they have CP3, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and an amazing supporting cast on this roster, ugh, I don't know. Like That's really hard to try to sell the fans on why you don't win a championship with this roster. CP3, he's incredible, but he's getting older. We're not sure how much longer he's going to be in this beautiful game of basketball. Um, I think they have to. This is the year for them to do it. And if they don't, 
that's going to be a tough sell to the fan base. Yes. Yeah, it's really difficult to win a championship, like really difficult, but they've had the best roster we've seen. And the the thing about this team is they're so deep that what basically what happens is once you get to, you know, deep into the playoffs, it's either the teams that can stay healthy or the teams that have depth. Sometimes you, you can't stay healthy and that's the reason you're out. And that's just how the, you know, the chips fall. But I would say this team has so much depth that it didn't last year. And they got and that last year's team got to the finals that this is their year. And it will be incredibly, incredibly heartbreaking if they don't win at all. Yeah, and I think what you see in sports is you, you grow and you learn from past experiences. This team getting to the NBA finals last year was huge. And I know they didn't yeah. win, but that experience that they gained being on that stage for that long of a playoff run is really going to help them. The biggest issue, and Cheerston brought it up, is can they get healthy and stay healthy? Because right now it's been a hodgepodge for a very long time this season. They're going to have to get everybody healthy on the court at the same time because it is difficult to win and but those playoff even, get lost even with that though they still have the best record in the nba that's why i kind of have confidence that like mm-hmm. I, at some point i feel like they are going to get healthy like i just i just feel like we're right now we're in january at some point they're going to get healthy but even if they don't even if they don't have deandre Ayton or you know whatever this you can you know pick it pick any one of their starting five that they wouldn't have i i feel like their chances of competing with the best are still very high with you know without their starting five they they not only is the injuries and they're playing so this is the best start they've had in franchise history not only the injuries but they some of their key guys off the bench haven't had great starts the year campaign cam johnson mikhail hasn't been scoring well um and campaign and cam johnson were a big part of that playoff run uh and i i can't imagine a world where they don't figure it out by the end of the year plus the reason right. why the nba finals is always so special is because of these personalities and the leadership and like, there's a reason why LeBron's always in the finals. This team has that. They have the leadership. They have the passion for this game. I just don't see how they don't at least get back to the finals this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Eric C in the comments saying this is the best Suns team we've ever had. I totally agree. Definitely, there are some that come close that come to mind, um, like the 1993 team. Um, but I, for sure, by far away, agree that this is the best team the Suns have ever put together. So, this year is the year, baby. They got to get it together. Um, all right, Sean, next question. My question is, will the Cardinals re-sign Chandler Jones from Dave Rousey on Twitter? Tristan, what are your thoughts on the possibility of the cards getting back Chandler? So I think it's probably pretty slim. Um, so his projected average annual value right now, according to Pro Football Focus, is $16.8 million. Chandler Jones was in a contract year and, in my opinion, underperformed. And he likes to defend himself like, listen, like people like to, you know, criticize me because I, I don't get, you know, X amount of sacks a game, et cetera. Um, I don't think he's worth that. And Chandler asked for a trade at one point last offseason. He was not happy that he wasn't able to get a long-term big money deal done with the Cardinals. And he did not prove enough this year that he deserves that. That's what he's after. Another team probably would give him that deal. Um, Right now, I think that there are so many other pieces that I would sign and give more money to, to keep around other than Chandler. So in my personal opinion, 
I think we've seen the last of Chandler Jones in a at Coyotes in a Cardinals uh, uniform. Chandler yeah, Jones in a Coyotes uniform would be electric. And also in a Coyote, yeah. <laughs> that would I be pretty sweet. The last of that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think like you hit the nail on the hunters, and I think there's other pieces that are more important to this team that they would rather spend money on, and that sounds super harsh, probably because it is, but unfortunately, that's the reality of the situation. And with the way that Chandler played this year, I don't see how you can justify paying him money when you have guys like Zach Ertz or James Conner to give money to. So, mm-hmm. don't think it's likely, but uh, I guess we shall see. Um, next question, Sean, please. Um, ben Peterson on Twitter asking Metro Phoenix has roughly 4.5 million people, but the Diamondbacks barely draw a crowd every summer. Would fan engagement increase if the Diamondbacks played in a more intimate, less stale ballpark, or is the product on the field poor management and transient fans that keep fans away? Yes. Ooh. It is everything. Yes to it all. Uh, that is a loaded question. Um, I think there's a lot of things that work against the Diamondbacks in terms of getting butts in seats. Um, one of that being the most glaring, which is the on-field product. Um, I think it's really hard to convince people to come watch a game when your team is really, really bad and you don't have like a star factor to draw people to the ballpark to, you know, get your kids to get excited about to go watch. But then on top of that, um, you have the compounding issue of the fact that Chase Field is just meh when it comes to ballparks. I mean, the easiest thing I can compare it to, and I know you guys like it's because I'm from Colorado, but the Rockies are in a very similar situation with their on-field product. They have a horrible team, but Coors Field is packed every single summer. I think they finished in top five of attendance in baseball every year regardless of how horrible that team is and not just because Coors Field is incredible it is an experience it's gorgeous it's trendy to go there too like young people go to like the rooftop bar to like hang out like when I was Mm -hmm. living there we would go there and just like grab a drink didn't even sit in our seats and just hang out with people and uh, uh, Chase Field does not have that like dynamic no, I mean, yeah. the good thing that Chase has going for it is it's affordable. They try their very best to make it family friendly. They try, like I said, it's super affordable to take your kids there, which is really nice because there are a lot of ballparks that don't really care about their affordability. But I think there's just a lot of issues. And obviously, I think the stadium is way too big. Um, I think that they, you know, it, it seems like there's not a lot of people in there sometimes because like it's just a massive stadium. and It's so hard to fill. Um, the only time I've ever seen it full was the 2017 wildcard game. So I mean, besides that, I've I've never seen, you know, Chase Field at capacity. So I think they could benefit from um, definitely a smaller stadium and in a, de- a different uh, location as well. But there's a lot of things working. Yeah, against. but 81 home games is hard to fill. You're playing a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series during the middle of the week. Those, those are hard to fill no matter what. You look at the weather here. When it is 110, 115, I know personally I look at, God, I got to get in my car and I got to go sit in a parking lot and then I got to walk to – God, you know what? I'm just going to watch it on TV. And, and so that happens. And to my point about being a baseball fan, I really, and this may sound terrible, I don't care about the on-field product. I want to go to a beautiful stadium where I can look and see the cityscape of whatever city I'm in. I can have a cold beer. I can hear the sounds of the game, but it's an event. And, and I'm, I'm fortunate with Chase, you just don't get that. You don't get that same intimate feel that I don't sit here and go, you know what? Hey, let's go down to Chase, grab a beer, and, and watch and listen to the baseball game. I don't get that intimate feeling. It's and and I, I appreciate that they make it accessible to to kids because I think there's so many pro sports that don't do that. I think it's important that baseball does. I don't know what else you do here. I I don't know. You're gonna have to close the roof no matter what because when it's that hot, you can't have it open. And I want to go sit outside and watch a baseball game. That's what I want. 
You just can't do that here. So I don't know if they can change it with a different stadium and, and a different product. I still don't know if I'm going to make the trip downtown. Yeah, I would say uh, the, the big, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jason. The biggest thing when it comes to, you know, I, I guess probably any Arizona sports team is, you know, we touched on it, the the transient fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they didn't grow up Diamondback fans. They didn't, you know, grow up fans of Arizona sports teams. So what's going to get you to a game? And the thing, especially when you're, when, when you're in a state like Arizona and your team is not playing well, okay, what's going to get fans to the game? It's the experience. And Chase Field is old and run down, unfortunately. And you just don't get that same experience. The last ballpark I think I went to outside of Chase Field was when Atlanta just built theirs a few years back, their new one. And it was, I mean, it was just fun to to sit there. And yeah. it was fun to just the, the atmosphere was great and the views and the little uh, area that it was built in with the rest, like it was just, it's just a better experience. And so I think the Diamondbacks are going to really need to figure out like what's next for our team. If we're not always going to have this, this, this best product or all of these fans that grew up Diamondback fans, especially with the, the people that are growing up kids now, I mean, geez, you got to think about what you're doing to set up future fans <laughs> right now. The product isn't going to, uh, isn't going to create memories for them. So uh, I think the stadium is like one thing that they have actual control over right now. Like, you know, it's hard to win. It's hard to rebuild. It's hard to, to, you know, whatever. You can't force anybody to be a fan, but you can definitely create an environment that attracts them that they just don't have right now. And I think the last Diamondbacks game I went to was my boyfriend and I were like, Hey, uh, Jacob deGrom is in town. Let's go watch him pitch. And the majority of the stadium was, uh, opposing fans and and that's what you you know end up a lot of time you know at chase getting and drunk should be a part of the fun it shouldn't be a requirement to have it and that's what it is <laughs> interesting um, you, you go back to my home state too you go back to minnesota and you had the hubert h humphrey metrodome and i don't know if any of you guys remember that building with the big baggie on it, it was miserable 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 place to watch a baseball game it was it was horrible atmosphere in that building and then they moved to target field and what a difference in experience for the fan and it helps their attendance so it does make a difference and those twin scenes were winning world series in that miserable stadium and they still couldn't get people to go so it absolutely does make a difference yeah shout out to sammy d for the super chat thank you sammy that is awesome we super appreciate those um sammy d is saying chase field is bad but it's not tropicana field or oakland county coliseum bad is I it don't, i don't understand no. the, count, the oakland hate i really and don't no, think oakland it's... is so bad it's it so is my bad. dream well my dream was to watch a raiders game at the coliseum and obviously that's never going to happen and so that dream absolutely has been shattered and i'm very upset <laughs> about it but there's so much history at that Thank old you. thing i, I don't yeah. think it's that bad yeah, I mean, the history part of it is obviously really cool. Um, you can compare a lot of ballparks and, like, the history element to, uh, to like, the to excuse, like, the oldness of it. But um, I definitely don't think Chase Field is that bad. I've definitely attended games at worse stadiums, um, but it's definitely not great either. I would say it's definitely in the lower, lower end of stadium quality. Um, Tropicana is not good either. Um, although the ceiling is pretty cool when it lights up, but that's pretty much all that I was going for it. Uh, Ramon Chavez saying Petco Field is top tier, easy access via public transportation, local food, and beer. Great atmosphere. I've been to Petco, it's incredible. I definitely agree. 
um, Mr. Stalin. I'm just gonna say Mr. Stalin because I'm not even gonna try to say that again. Um, bulldoze Chase Field. We uh, build a field that is fun when it's 125 ooh, degrees. Ooh, instead of Thank the bleachers. You for the super instead uh, of the bleachers. Instead of the bleachers in, uh, in like outfield, just make it a pool. The entire thing a pool. The entire outfield is a pool. The entire outfield a pool. I would definitely help uh, drive attendance, I think, although I don't know how sanitary that is. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, you want to see a bunch of 30-year-old men after six beers and <laughs> no. sit in the same pool with them? Scratch it. Scratch it. <laughs> Throw it away. Burn it. Burn it. Um, thank you for the Pass. super chat, Mr. Stalin. We appreciate that. Uh, Eric B. saying, Chase Field is not bad. Winning is better. Yes, it is better, but they can't do that either. So it's not great. Um, all right. Matt Cobb saying, if you're going to sit in 125 to watch baseball, just join the crew uh, at Phoenix Muni. Great time. Better team. Honestly, uh, the AC baseball team is uh, probably going to be winning a lot more games than the Diamondbacks this year. So, all right, Sean, let's get on to our next question, if you wouldn't mind. Erin um, Slindy, shout out Erin. She is asking about the Suns. Um, it's very likely the Suns will have a good run in the playoffs this year. In what ways do you think this team is different than last year's team? Are there any things this team has to accomplish to reach the success they did last season? Um, I think we kind of already touched on this with our uh, answer to the Suns uh, championship window, but I do think this team is last team. I they brought in some more pieces um, that are better in supporting ways than last last year's bench was. Um, Bismack, for example, has been incredible, and I don't think any of us anticipated him to be contributing as much as he's had so far this year. So I think this year's team's definitely better. Um, what do you guys think? It's height. It's height. I think is the biggest thing. Javale plays. Yeah. If Javale plays in that in that in the finals, I think the Suns win this win that finals. Plus, you get the entire team back, plus some new pieces and more experience. Uh, yeah, I, I just think they're a lot better in terms of things they need to accomplish. Is just stay healthy, load management, win earlier, so you don't have to play Chris Paul in the fourth quarter and Devin Booker in the fourth quarter. But other than that, and, and they're on tr- track for success. Yeah, the Suns are definitely a fourth quarter team, which is uh, cool to see for sure. It's not great for my heart health or my anxiety, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> um, all right, Sean, next question, if you would. We're getting close to the end here. Uh, oh, I knew he was going to pick this one. Uh, Sean, feel free to hop on after this question if you have some thoughts. If the Bills had won the coin toss in last week's game, do you think the Bills would have won the game? Um, yes, absolutely, I do. I think the overtime rules in the NFL are stupid and must be changed. I think the coin toss was the uh, determining factor in that game. Sean, you want to yeah, share like your he, thoughts? He looks like he's ready. As a little <laughs> Bills fan. <laughs> Come on, Sean. Uh, obviously, I mean, the the current overtime rules, teams that won the coin toss are 10-1 and one in, in the playoffs. Um, I it's pretty clear at this point that the overtime or that the overtime rules of coin toss determines the game. I think this is, and I said this when the Chiefs got screwed over against the Patriots in the AFC Championship a couple years ago. Like, it's not just me being a biased Bills fan. I think these rules clearly need to change. Um, we talked about it the other day. Um, well, Rick Tocket talked about it the other day with the PH and the Coyotes crew. Like, you don't want to shoot out deciding a game in the playoffs. I feel like this is basically the same thing. Um, I just feel like you want to give both teams a chance to to win the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sean is our resident Bills fan. When he's not cheering for the Cardinals, he cheers for the Bills. Uh, sorry about that heartbreak, buddy. That was uh, not fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Although I do think I might have cursed it, and I know Shane knows what I'm talking about. I tweeted that I was on the Bills bandwagon when I thought they won the game, and there was like, 
13 seconds left on the clock or whatever. And then I was so mad. I almost <laughs> threw up when I saw you tweet that. I had so much money on the bills and we had a patty melt going. Man. I'm so sorry. I do that a lot, actually. I tweet way before I should. How about you just shut your damn mouth when it has to do with my money, Michaela? <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely think the overtime rules in the NFL need to change. That sucked to watch. I wanted the Bills to win so bad, um, mostly so we didn't have to watch Jackson Mahomes dance on the sidelines anymore. But hopefully Joe Burrow can come through and beat the Chiefs for us um, coming up shortly. All right, let's do um, a couple more questions before we wrap it up, Sean, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, what will the Cardinals' big move be in the offseason? Mm, I don't know where to go with this. Um, in terms of signing people they already have or acquiring someone that they don't. Cheerson, what are your thoughts on this? Mm. Did not see this one in the rundown. I mean, I have no idea what they're going to do at this point. I mean, it's so – I mean, there's still football being played right now. There's no rumblings of anything. Uh, there's no There's no rumors of anything. They don't have a high pick in the draft. Like – I don't know that they're going to have like a splash move in the off season. Um, maybe if Vance Joseph goes, then you could say their big move is going to maybe hopefully bring in a big name uh, defensive coordinator, a guy like maybe Vic Fangio, which mm-hmm. is I think the the fan base's top pick to to replace Vance Joseph. So as far as like personnel wise, like I don't know that we're going to get uh, you know like a big personnel move. Um, so probably the biggest thing is, uh, and maybe we'll hopefully we'll find out by the end of the week where, uh, you know, advance is going or not. But I would say that would probably be the big thing is getting in a new um, defensive coordinator. All right. Um, do we have any more questions, Sean? Maybe one more? Time for one more? Um, if Cliff Tyler, if Cliff Kingsbury, hello, improves another three games next year, but is one and done in the playoffs, do you keep him? If K1 has another season like, this year, do the cards uh, tag him? If not tag, what kind of contract do you offer him? It just depends so much on the – if they collapse in the second half of the season and he wins three more games and then they go one out in the playoffs, then then I can understand talking about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just such a weird team. And the Kyler stuff, it, you give him the max if he's bringing you the – I mean, that's the only thing you can give him if he's bringing you consistent 12-win seasons. It just – I don't know. It's it, it, it's more it's more or less it's less about wins and more about like what this team looks like at the end of the season put together. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Did you just say yeah. Kyler was giving the Cardinals consistent twelve win season. No, I'm I'm saying in his scenario, if if he if they add three wins and then they keeps doing that by the time you have to pay them, then that would be three consistent twelve win seasons. I'm saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. If yeah. if they add, yeah. yeah. Also, Eric keeps saying trade Kyler for Deshaun. I know. Walker. Get out of here. No way. Get out of no, here. No way. <laughs> No, I hate it. 0% chance. Um, also, NFL cards asking if we should clean house in terms of uh, Kyle, Cliff, and uh, Kyle. People are having... freaking out. No, no, no do not do that. Uh, well, do wait, that. excuse me. If you don't, if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs next year, oh, make the playoffs. Yes. Oh, I thought this was still yes. on the same question as last time. No, yes. Okay. I thought they were saying <laughs> if they go one and done again. I'm like, dude, relax. Um, but yeah, make the playoffs. Yes, 100%. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed the first ever episode of Max Mailbag on the Phoenix Sports Podcast. We had some excellent questions. Thanks to all of you who are listening out there. Um, The best way to do this, though, is to join PHNX and become a member of our family. Make sure you sign up for a membership on gophnx.com. 
if you sign up for your first month, it's only 50 cents. Or if you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free t-shirt. Becoming a part of the family gets you a ton of cool stuff, um, access to all of our written content, access to the members only Discord. We have exclusive video content on there and we have a ton of exciting stuff coming in the year of 2022. So there is no better time to join the family than right now. Also, if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We really, really appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Follow us all on Twitter. You can see all of our beautiful Twitter handles in our name. Mine's right here. Craig, Shane, and Cherson are also on Twitter as well. We love when you guys interact with us. And we really appreciate you all watching and listening and commenting. You guys are the best. We hope you enjoyed the show. Keep your eyes peeled for another Max Mailbag. Hopefully we can do another episode in the near future. And if we didn't get to your question, I'm so sorry, but thank you for asking. And we will definitely try to get to your question on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for watching and we will catch you next week.